welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about Skywalkers, Solos, and Sith swapping sides. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And I got all those S words <laughs> yeah. correct. And this week on Forever Canon, we're going to talk about chapters 17 through 20 of Fate of the Jedi, book 8 of 9. We're getting to the end. We are. Ascension by Christy Golden. Now, up to this point, and through the end of this episode, maybe my favorite book of the series now. (laughs) This is going to be a fun episode. Yeah. But first, bum bum bum. Previously, on Forever Canon, Leia gets a secret message on her secret phone. Leckerson tortures a bird. Treen turns Soldar. Fett ferries Dala far, far away. And blue biker mice bring brunch blaster fire. <laughs> I told you this way too much alliteration. Yeah, I didn't know. That was really hard. <laughs> you just made the comment about alliteration. I was like, okay, cool. It's about your opening. Nope. Too much. Oh, too much. Ah, but that was last week. Yeah. And last week, we didn't talk about Luke, Ben, Vistara, or Jaina one time. They did not appear in the episode. Here we start with chapter 17, Aboard the Jade Shadow, where we find Luke, Ben, Vistara, and Jaina. And it's time to search for Abeloth and company on a new Sith world because we didn't find them on Korriban. And all the other teams haven't found them anywhere else either, right? Because there's like yeah. separate groups of Jedi yeah, searching, five or something. searching different ancient Sith places across yeah. the galaxy. There's a lot more than I expected. Yeah. And I never heard of this one where we're headed. Dromond Koss, a world where another of Luke's girlfriends has been before. His final girlfriend. Yes. Mara Jade Skywalker, his wife. Remember her? <laughs> she used to be around a lot. I miss her, man. <laughs> you know, that's something I haven't really paused to think about in this series would be how different would these books be with Mara Jade Skywalker in them? What would she do different? What would she not tolerate? Or what would she change with her presence? You know what I mean? Not a question to answer on the fly mm-hmm. off the top of my head, but like I haven't even considered that. Because, you know, all my other favorite Star Wars books, the previous series, the Killick trilogy, the 19-book New Jedi Order series, she's there in all of them, like front yeah. and center, Luke Skywalker's wife. Yep. VIP character, right? She's not. This is the first series, really, where she's not around in like a long time of Star Wars book publishing history at the time, right? Uh, yeah. And these books are only 10 years old. I'm not sure if, like at the beginning of this series, I'm not sure if Luke would have had to leave Coruscant. I think she would have really fought against that. Right. Like, you got to go zoom way back to even start figuring this out. Mm-hmm. Let's assume... Jason still becomes a Sith. Spoiler alert <laughs> for the previous series. You know what I mean? Even without her having to be the title sacrifice. Yeah. What does she do all that time? She might be the Jaina of that book series. The two of them probably would team up behind everybody else's back. Yeah, they probably Or they would not. both go do it by themselves without telling each other. And <laughs> both like, end up in the same yeah, spot. Yeah, they'd be like messing up each other's plans all the time and he'd be getting away. Huh? Anyways... I don't know. I, uh, okay, way off topic on that tangent. But interesting but I haven't to considered think about that before. Yeah. This is the first book series she's not around. Mm-hmm. You know, just like any time that there's a major character death in the Star Wars books, which is pretty rare. Yeah. All things considered. Like, Wedge Antilles is still alive and his wife and his, their daughter. Yeah. You know, like, there's only been really three four major deaths across star wars canon yeah and you know movies included (laughs) three of them happen to the solos in these books right you know we we've lost only a few it's just funny to think what would she be doing all this time i don't know but you know what she did back on Droman Koss? She saved kyle katarn when he fell to the dark side here at the super powerful nexus Luke's girlfriends, as they so often are, are very busy people. Mm-hmm. And let us 
never stop revisiting worlds where they live and <laughs> currently still reside. Her spirit could be here. Who knows? But the dark side nexus is the point. And it's so dangerous that maybe we can't bring Vistara with us. And I'm tired of this debate. Mm-hmm. And so is Vistara. Yes. Yeah. So it's time to move on, Luke. And she says, either kill me or bring me. Enough already. Yeah. Like, you either trust me or you don't. We can't have this argument every time it's time to do something. I, I, we can't do it. Yeah, she says something about, it, no matter what, you got to bring me because no matter what, it weakens you. Either you have to sit, leave someone here to babysit me because you don't trust me on the ship, or you don't trust me on the ground and you have to keep an eye on me when you should be looking at it right. So yeah. You're wasting your own resources and energy. Yeah, Trust me or kill me. Pick one now. <laughs> yep, thanks. And then we cut to the surface of Droman Koss, where there's no sign of anything on this Kevin Costner water world. No ship, no Sith, not yet, says Luke. Mm-hmm. You never know what you might find hidden in the cover of the dark side nexus right because yep. it, it would overwhelm everything they don't even know what they can feel so let's go check out this dark temple home of the dark prophets of the dark force oh criff it's happening again man <laughs> mando mando keldor keldor here we go it's happening again there was once a tribe of sith here who were called the dark prophets and they practiced a version of the sith religion called the dark force yep and it's really dark they're unimaginative people the sith sci-fi writers are (laughs) yes fantasy writers generally are every once in a while even a guy like tolkien's like yeah mount doom (laughs) okay (laughs) okay the the dark the dark 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 Yes. Can't, that's why it's so dangerous to bring Vistara. Even everything is named after the darkness. Also, don't forget there's force-blocking lizards in the tree. The Salamiri are here, so watch where you're jumping. Everyone gets wet in the swamp water. Jaina and Luke have some jokes. They all get stinky. And the Nexus is very strong and scary. So they start whispering in the temple. The dark temple. Yes. Of the dark force of the dark prophets. On the dark planet. They are all whispering. Oh, my God. Like, Ben, the star is, uh, like, 10 feet away from him checking something out. Yeah. And she whispers into the calm link. <laughs> yeah. That is what, what brings that realization into the scene. I was just like, that's really, that's a really fun way to do that. Yeah. That was cool. It's so sinister that, no, we can't even talk at normal volume. But someone does, Tim. Mm-hmm. Bum, bum, bum. Some other voice speaks. Mystery. Chapter 18. Gab Archai and 10 Sith Sabres, well, I guess nine, he's one of the 10, are here. The Sith are here. Hiding in the Dark Temple on Droman Kos, where you just happened to randomly choose instead of the gigantic city, you went to the temple and then you went to the right room because it's a gigantic, sprawling maze. And this is like, if this wasn't such a well done bit coming up like uh, the confrontation if the confrontation wasn't so well done i would be annoyed with this on a level of like D D encounters mm-hmm. because hey you know what we did we walked in the front door of the big dark temple capital d capital t and then we found the boss fight in the first room yeah actually the boss fight found us yep like we didn't get to explore anything the history of this place the the darkness of it, the anything that has ever happened here, what Kyle Katarn went through, how Mara Jade saved him, none of that happens. <laughs> it's like we talked about it before we got here, and then when we get here, here come the Sith. I mean, sh- shit happens. Sith happens, I guess. Mm-hmm. Ship, not here. Avaloth, not visible. But ten Sith Sabres, including Gavar Kai, step from the shadows. And Luke starts to blame Vistara. But he's wrong. Yeah. As he always is. She's shocked. And Papa tells her, Mom's dead and you're next. Yeah. Oh, what does he say? A wife and a daughter can easily be replaced. I'll have a new one, a more loyal one or something. Yeah. And he just comes at her with his lightsaber. Because we are Sith. Yeah, it comes jumping down some stairs. There is no forgiveness. There is no redemption in the dark side. There's kill your daughter to work day. I don't know. (laughs) Ben takes on three Sith. Luke and Jaina take six. 
Kai versus Kai has its own special action. And as the Jedi are competently taking turns killing Sith, Vistara has a thought as her father is coming towards her. Because we're kind of cutting back from perspective to perspective. Yeah. First, we are sitting in Ben fighting his little group. Sees Luke and Jaina fine. So he's keeping an eye on Vistara. Mm-hmm. Luke and Jaina are back to back fighting. Cool action scene. And then Vistara is being bore down on by her father. And she thinks to herself, this is not Papa. This is father. And father has come to kill me. Because we are Sith. Like, that's... Ooh, what a thought, man. What yeah. a thought. I got, I got yeah, she's got two distinct versions. One is an idealized, right. what she wants her dad to be, as in her letters that she writes yeah. to herself. Yeah. And then she's got who this guy is. Three levels, really. Because he is... She doesn't even really recognize him his personality and his loyalty right mm-hmm. now other than being you know an every sith it's like she quite she's like you're not loyal to the tribe anymore and she's shocked by that his loyalty is to abeloth she's shocked by how like evil and callous his words are yeah it's and- it's almost like three levels of removal from your real dad yeah your expectation your fake dad that you built in your head to enjoy the light side with and then I'm going to kill you for real dad. And not even, like you're grounded and or even I'm going to kill your pet. She's got one more that who she could always feel loved her and wanted to teach her things. Right. Which was like, like the gone Sith culture though. Right. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, we're hard on our kids and we beat them and stuff like that, but it's to make them better. Yeah. It's not for evil fun <laughs> or to kill them. Cause that doesn't help anybody. No, but now, Father is here to kill her. And yep. they throw down. Lightsabers and insults fly in a vicious battle where Vistara ends up cutting him through from left shoulder to right hip. Yep. Bisects him diagonally. She single-handedly outduels her father, a Sith Saber. Yeah. To the death. By herself. Yeah, it's a her her dad, which is what would make that the hardest because well, sure, because are they all Sith sabers that come in? Yeah, all ten of them. So they're all Jedi knights. Yeah, is essentially the equivalency, right? They're all Ben's level or higher. Yeah, not quite like Gavar Kai being the highest of them, and he has not you know attained the rank of master, but but he's there. But he's... that's because there's a limited number of them. Yeah, <laughs> and you have to kill each other to get it. It's not like the Jedi temple where they're like, all right, you're cool. You're cool. Raise you up. Raise you up. You're a master. You're a master. You're a master. Oprah scene, right? Yeah. Whatever. The Sith, it's different. They're like, uh, you have to kill us to take our spot in the hierarchy. So there's a long waiting list of uber talented, powerful Sith just below the rank of master. And that's where I would have put Gavar Kai. Yeah. If Abeloth has chosen him to lead her Sith and help her and her plan whatever that may be and all the lords of the sith trusted him to be in charge yeah he was like he was like the number one guy below (laughs) the lords right yeah so she not even in a in a you know emotional perspective not looking at it that way just from a physical power uh, perspective how strong is this girl and how wicked is she with a lightsaber yeah yeah, she's dangerous, regardless. Moments of shock and tenderness follow mm-hmm. after all the Sith have fallen. And, uh, you know, Vistara starts speaking out loud about the realization how I just killed my father. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, her voice is trembling. The moment is breaking her. And an unexpected voice speaks up. Someone who's been quiet for about... Eight books. <laughs> Jaina Solo says, I had to kill my own brother. Vistara looked over at the Jedi, listening, her eyes bright with unshed tears. I knew it was the right thing to do, Jaina continued. I did it to save my own life and the lives of many others. I still miss him. You'll miss your father too. Damn, Jaina. Yeah. 
Where has this been? Because I want her to have that inner monologue. I wait. <laughs> I want her to have that monologue as an inner dialogue for mm-hmm. herself. Yes. All the time. All the time. Be like, wow, I had really had to kill my brother. Or I guess not all the time. Right. Like, I don't want her to be stuck dwelling in this trauma. But once or twice for it to come up would have been good. It has just once or twice. Yeah. Just, I guess just not enough for me, man. Yeah. Because Jason Solo's my favorite Legends character, EU character, whatever you want to. And it, it never it. it never seems to come up when there's something important going on or she emotional. Just, yeah, she just this goes, is the hey. perfect spot for it to pop up. Yes, and yet it blindsided me completely because it doesn't happen. Because it hasn't happened, and yeah. it's not really Jaina's style either. Right? She's like, no. she's the sword. No, she's not the emotional bullhorn. And it's actually written <laughs> in the Jedi. <laughs> it's actually written in there that it comes from an unexpected place. Like I think that's from Ben's perspective at that yeah. point. But more of this, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, please. Just in her head, even. But through conversation at the end of this battle, it becomes clear that the Sith are working with Abeloth now. We don't know where the rest of them are hiding. Wink. They're dead. Hmm? <laughs> we know this. <laughs> They're melted. Or yeah. exploded. <laughs> Mostly dead. They're hiding somewhere out there in the galaxy. But now that we have figured out that the Sith must be working with Abeloth instead of against her, or... You know, what does Luke say? They've gone from trying to capture her to subservience or something. Yeah, gone and to serve her or something. super dangerous. So now it's time to head back to the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, where Ben and Vistara were supposed to be at the beginning of this book. Anyways, if you remember the end of the last book, they were not supposed to come on this Abeloth chasing mission, but narratively such a good choice yes. to have her face down her father. In the book titled Ascension, where we need Vistara. Okay, we have a book and a half. Not a book and a half. Yeah, a book and a half. A book and a half half left, yeah. We have a book and a half left to cement what Ben and Vistara's relationship is going to be. Right? Mm Because if we're thinking in the larger universe of writing these books and continuing and continuing and continuing. Nobody knew Disney was going to buy them and shut your shit down. Yeah. (laughs) Be like, enough of that. We're going to make The Mandalorian. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Okay. Other movies also. Anyways. Thinking about this wider universe of like, hey, we need to finish this series with something epic. Some triumphant loss. But also a new standing for all of these characters in personal, you know, emotional ways, but also relationships. Yeah. At the end of the last series, Luke Skywalker is alone without a partner for the first time in like 20 years, right? Jaina, her brother, is gone. Han and Leia have lost their son but gained his daughter. So much movement and change from beginning of series to end of series in the relationships. We have to have her make a lot of movement here in this last book and a half. Yeah. Her standing up to Luke and being like, really tired of being questioned is exactly correct. Because that has to stop. Yeah. We need to know who she is by the end of the next book. Good or bad. Or in the middle is even okay. But like we need to really cement and anchor what all these relationships are going to mean to each other, to each character. Yeah, and her her reaction to Luke, actually, it hit me at just the right point because I was like, "You okay? That's enough, okay, guy." And then yeah, every time we go somewhere, <laughs> I don't know if we should bring Vistara. Yeah, Why is she here though? Two sentences later. Why am I here? <laughs> two sentences later, she's saying exactly the same thing. Yeah. Like, thank you. Right for real. But I guess back to the point being, she needed to not go to the Jedi Temple with Ben yet. Yeah, she needed to. Even Ben says it, like, or or thinks it to himself at some point in these two chapters here. The first two. Um, she literally cut her last tie mm-hmm. to the Sith. Like, she killed the High Lord and had to go with the Skywalkers. But there was still her dad. This unanswered question of, what is he going to do? Like, there's that you, this person chasing you from your past in your background, or in the, in the background. Mm-hmm. How is that going to resolve itself in... What do you, uh, when the time comes, when your dad shows up and says, come home or whatever, 
what are you going to choose? Yeah. This is the moment of reckoning that allows her this ascension. Yeah. And this, this can go, it can still go either way, whether she chooses to ascend to a higher level in the Sith because of her dad is now gone or if it shakes her to her core, right? Even one way or another, it's, it's sitting in the middle of that trauma is not decisiveness. No. No matter what she says or chooses right now, it's all in the middle of the fire. You yeah. gotta see what's left after the, you know, all the pain burns away. This yeah. sounds very Sith. Yeah. <laughs> once things calm yeah. down. What's left in the fire pit? That's, that's really what I'm talking about. Yeah, once you have time to process. Yes. She's just standing here having cut her dad in half. It's been 10 seconds. Uh, but it's time to go back to Coruscant. And then, in this last little moment of this chapter... All of Ben's faith in Vistara that he's been thinking about to himself, to us, the reader, through these two chapters, right? He's been thinking about how I just want her to be redeemable, you know? Mm-hmm. I want, I I know that I like her. I know, I'm not letting it cloud my judgment. I just really want her to be worth saving or savable, not worth it. She just killed her dad. She's cut all her ties from the Sith. The only place left to go is out of the darkness. And so they hold hands and walk out of the dark temple and walk into the light. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing symbolism, Tim. (laughs) I'm seeing it. (laughs) Yeah, that's like, it was really pretty. Just, you know, to... (laughs) <laughs> okay, the way that we get there is messed up. But to cut to the core of Vistara and see her, you know, just being as real as she is. Yeah, she No ever guards, has been. no defenses, no secondary meanings to things that she's saying. It's just nice. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate that you had to kill your dad to get there. I don't, don't know about that. Yeah, that's not what you wish for any kid. Not yet. <laughs> we cut to Abeloth telling the rest of the Sith fleet that Gavar Kai has failed. She's just like, oh, well, moving on, Captain Tola Anax, who, if you remember from last book, came to try to kill Vistara. Yes. And attacked Luke and Ben while they were all setting up their cables. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which never got used. Nope. Nope. Got severed immediately. Mm-hmm. But Abeloth just like, I got other plans. It's all right. He's dead. Moving on. Things to do. The callousness of evil, Tim. Yes. Evil doers. Ah, they're bad guys all over it. That's kind of a lot of reinforcement in this book. Mm-hmm. And we cut to Abeloth as a, quote, formless, undulating mass. She has much hollow news to watch and other plans to execute. Oh, yes, indeed. Why is she saying that? Yeah. But, yeah, she's a puddle of goo in the middle of the ship. A writhing mass of body parts. Teeth and eyeballs and tentacles and arms. If a sentient being were to see it, they wouldn't even be able to understand the anatomy. She's next to herself. Something yeah. like that. Like, a, you wouldn't even be able to put this puzzle together. It doesn't even... It's so horrific. So, apparently, she can be a puddle of goo and watch a lot of news. I don't, I don't know why. Yeah, because she's still got like 13 news channels on or whatever it is. Is that all she's been doing in ship all this time? Just watching Fox News and CNN endlessly? Yeah. But times 12? Yeah, she's got them all on, all different people talking, all different languages. And she's just... And she sees Padnell Oven, and she sees... Senator Treen, and she sees... Rikari. Rikari Rikari Kam, and... Oh, yes, indeed. Chapter 19. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Chapter 19. (laughs) Aboard the Jade Shadow, where Vistara starts her PTSD. Yes. The night after killing her father, she's relieving... Relieving? Nope. (laughs) Not very relieving at all. She is reliving killing her father 
and she's trying to gather some understanding and clarity of what the hell just happened. She always kind of knew it was a possibility. Right? Mm-hmm. She tells herself it was inevitable. It had to happen. So she gets to typing. She's alone in her bedroom on the Jade Shadow with her laptop out. Typing up a message to her. Pretend dad. Dear your papa. Right? I like this letter. That Fake she Jedi life letters. Yeah. Which I didn't realize exactly how she was framing it. Me neither. Because we just get bits and drips of it, right? But yeah, she's typing these letters like an alternate reality. Where her dad is a Jedi Knight and he's proud of her and she's a Jedi and they live at the temple. And it's this whole fiction, fictional reality Yeah. of exploring goodness, exploring a different culture, right? Yeah, and this is the first time that we've seen she actually refers to herself in the letter as a Jedi. Right. But as she's typing away in the furious relieving (laughs) memory of cutting her dad in half, Ben walks in. And she gets embarrassed and tries to hide the laptop. And this all gets interpreted as defensive secrecy. Yep. And through a series of events, we end up with Ben Skywalker, Jedi Knight, angry features lit by a Sith lightsaber. Oh. And I got goosebumps yeah. again, man. Yeah. Damn, Christy. Yeah. That's good, man. Mistara being, being calm-ish and then him being angry with a because red lightsaber. Because he thinks she's betraying them again. Because yeah. she has over and over again. And every time... He reaches out and takes her hand, figuratively or literally leaving the dark temple of the dark force. Mm -hmm. She stabs him in the other hand. That's not a good metaphor. No. (laughs) But you get it. She has betrayed them repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. Sending messages, even on Nom Koryos, to summon the Sith here. Yeah. Which Luke let her do so he could obliterate them with the Jedi. Which apparently didn't matter because they got their whole city belted in the beginning of it. Anyways, lots of betrayal. And here he stands with her lightsaber in his hand. Angry red features cast mm-hmm. in the darkness. It's just really well written imagery. Yeah. And it's potent. That's, that's, that's potent. It's a wild time for emotions in this teenager's bedroom. <laughs> but Ben will not be deterred. Star has betrayed them enough times that he won't let it go. Give me the data pad and I have to know what was on it or else I, cause I can't trust you. And you know, yeah, he wraps her up in a blanket and holds it there in the force. And yeah, like, I don't know, like teenage lovers wrestling. Yeah. Play wrestling. Right. But you know, she's defeated and exhausted and emotionally wounded. And tired of all the mistrust. So she gives him the data pad. If you have to, go ahead. And we cut to Ben, wishing Vistara could be redeemable. And then realizes he's reading fake life diaries. And he is mortally embarrassed. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he's reading his girlfriend's diary. Yeah. Not what he thought it was going to be at all. (laughs) Here we are on the exact wrong side of this argument is where he finds himself, right? Yeah. I've, you know, I've forced violently this information out of her and it's all emotional content. I tied her up and ripped her diary out of her hand. Positive. (laughs) It's all positive emotional content. And I tied her up, (laughs) whipped the diary out of her hand. He also slapped her in the face with the force. Yes, he did. Vistara made a mental note of that. Mm-hmm. He struck her. He realizes what he's reading and he's embarrassed and ashamed. So instead he climbs into the bed and holds her while she sobs and asks Ben if he thinks she could be a Jedi. Sobbing in the fetal position, having just been the most violated and exposed and hurt betrayed uh, that you could possibly be in one day. Yeah. Your father came to kill you. 
your boyfriend tied you up and took your diary. And it was really heartfelt, hard, difficult things for you to face in there. Mm -hmm. But Ben does the right thing. He just bees with her. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Not the bees. (laughs) He doesn't say anything. He just... Well... When well, she asks him that, yeah, yeah, you're right. But before but it, he yeah. just lays with her and just lets her do her thing. So she asks him if Ben thinks she could be a Jedi. No big deal. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> just sobbing, crying, exhausted of the treachery of Sithdom. Mm-hmm. And this is a beautifully sad and tender and hopeful scene. It's a, there's a lot. This is like crushing. And powerfully good. Like it breaks you bad and then makes you feel good again. Yeah. Oh, kudos to Christy Golden. This is, this is what I was alluding to before. This might make this my favorite book of the series. This is such powerful character development between two characters that have had so much contentiousness in their relationship. Yeah. But haven't wanted to. Mm-hmm. From day one, she was assigned as Ben Skywalker's concubine spy. <laughs> right? Like, her dad was like, go do it and get secrets from him. Yeah. Right? But now, here, sobbing in a bedroom on his mother's ship in the dark in the nighttime, holding each other. It's time to become a Jedi. Yeah, she asked like if she's That's almost hope. If she's worthy enough, it feels like to be a Jedi after all she's done. Because how would you know? Yeah. But they share their first kiss, and this last sweet moment, he held her tightly, both of them trembling, caught up in the overwhelming release of at last laying down the weapons. Of suspicion and hatred. She would become a Jedi. A great Jedi. Finally she would walk in the light. And feel its warmth. And open her heart to the joy of giving. And receiving complete and utter trust. Trust and love. And Ben would be with her. Every step of the way. Man. That is so touching. Mm -hmm. It's so well written laying down the weapons of suspicion and hatred that's been their whole relationship this whole time and neither one of them has wanted it to be right yep we can't trust each other our parents it's like a Romeo and Juliet thing our parents are telling us you cannot trust a Jedi or a Sith 100% never 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 right you can't have a Capulet and a Montague Mm -hmm. wow I don't even know that story really but the two of them coming together and in this like gigantic emotional, not weakness isn't the word, vulnerability, mm-hmm. they come together and build hope instead of more despair. Yeah. I it's like fucking beautiful. I like that after all this time, because as much like um, contentious, con- nope, that's not how you say that word. <laughs> as much as they, uh, they butt heads and they fight each other, yeah. Ben is always had that bit of faith and belief that she could do the right thing. And it's good to see it rewarded yeah, after for sure. all this time. For sure. For him, the master savior. Yeah. The master redeemer. But, I don't know, a couple teenagers making out. No, <laughs> no, this was like such a heartfelt yeah, scene. Yeah, so much this more. Was, this was a, a beautiful romance scene. Yeah. Like, truly. This was, thanks. I loved it. Loved it. Thanks, Christy. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I'm serious. That was fantastic. It was it was great bit of writing. And then we cut to Luke and Jaina telling Han and Leia that they're planning to head home. But they don't tell them that Jaina's got a new lead on where ship might be. And they're not telling Ben and Vistara either. Because, you know, trauma and hormones are enough to deal with for one day. <laughs> <laughs> Jaina says hormones and Luke goes, Oh man. Yeah. You know, essentially. But it's beautiful. It's wonderful. It feels so good 
to have the two of them hug and kiss instead of lie and betray. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, after all this time, this payoff, this payoff feels really good. Having Ben and Vistara come together in faith and trust. I don't mean faith like a religion. Yeah. I mean like having faith in each other that they can truly rely on one another. Yeah. It, the, ben will be there every step of the way. And the payoff after all this time feels feels earned. It feels like it's very rewarding to read it. Because and... we have had book after book after book of Vistara does something good. Followed by Vistara betraying everybody because it's what she has to do. Her loyalties lie in different places. You know, back yeah. on, uh, where are the, da- oh, Dathomir. <laughs> <laughs> where are the Dathomiri from? Yeah. Back on Dathomir, right? She saves Luke Skywalker from the Rancor witches and then betrays them by selling all the witches to the Sith. Um, <laughs> and then they go to Avalos planet and find the pool of knowledge and, you know, she's working with Ben. He has her tied up upside down over a cliff. And then she's like, okay, I'll come to the light side. He's like, pinky swear, magic promise, all the way to here. Mm-hmm. All the times that she's stepped in the light and fallen back into shadow. Yeah. It's not, it's going to happen again. Like I said before, all of the plans you make in the heart of the trauma, in the in the place of the violence, they mean only as much as you take forward out of it. Yes. You can make all the promises you want when you're upset. You got to now walk that path. Yep. This is a huge chapter. I don't mean lengthwise. It's just massive character movement. Yeah. Oh, I love this kid. Chapter 20. On the third moon of Vexar in the corporate sector. Where Han, Leia, Zek, Terran, Alana, and the Squibs are chilling on a moon. Discussing, are we making a deal or not still? Because you know, brunch got interrupted by blaster fire. Mm-hmm. Also, who shot at us? Originally, they say, I don't know. And then they're like, it was Moth so-and-so. Yeah, the, okay. they talk about a bunch of different Vanson, moths. And... No, the Moth, not Vanson. Vanson, okay, whatever. Moth Vanson used to be Dahl's friend. No. Moff Vanson used to be Leckerson's friend, but now he's being left out of the group too much, so he's telling on all the bad guys. And then there's another Moff, Moff, who gives a frick, yeah. who attacked them <laughs> at the brunch. And whatever. Yeah. It's all just Leckerson's plan, right? Yeah, Moffs sure. betray each other. and It's all it's yeah. Sith. It's all Sith stuff. It's bad guy. It's evildoer behavior. You can't do anything in good faith and trust because someone will kill your ass to take your position when they get a chance. Mm-hmm. So nobody can ever be truly, you really can't even like, you can't grow in that space. You can't become the best version of yourself in that space. That's what we're talking about with Vistara, right? Yeah. She has to leave that Sith culture to be what she wants to be. Because it's so limiting in its backstabbing betrayal. Yeah, she has the choice now of what to do with her life now that all those ties are gone. Yeah. But we're not talking about them. We're talking about biker mice from Vexar. Talking about squibs. And the squibs say, we know where Dala's going. Dala is going to Pedusis Corios. (laughs) What? (laughs) Remember Nom Corios, the bug planet? I'm assuming this is in the same area. It's like next door. It's the same system, right? Yeah. Pedusis Corios. I don't know. How do you want to say it? I don't know. I didn't even write it down. <laughs> uh, next note. You terrible name. Yeah. But doll is going there. She's after, uh, she's after going after a moth who has betrayed her um, uh, or something. Yeah. Or, or she's owes her a favor or something or yeah, something, but she's going to go there to gain her Imperial power. Right. So it's all part of this maneuvering to take over the empire. Uh, so squib deal engaged. <laughs> and we cut to the Jade Shadow en route to Coruscant. They're really going there. Mm-hmm. We'll see when we start the next book. See how far they get. I mean, we still got there. half of this one. So yeah, I hope they get there. Hopefully, we cover some more Luke, Ben, Vistar, and Jaina between uh, now and then. Well, we will right now because the kids wake up in the morning and like 
like literal kids, go to dad and say, dad, can we do this? <laughs> Except dad is Luke Skywalker, grandmaster of the Jedi <laughs> order. And the kids are Ben and Vistara, a Sith, asking him if she can be a Jedi. Please, dad, please. <laughs> I promise. I promise we'll be good. <laughs> yeah. Like asking for a sleepover or whatever. <laughs> please. Remember please. how remember how like good we would do the dishes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, when, when I wanted to stay over at your house or whatever. Wanted to stay over. Like, oh yeah, no, you don't have to tell us to do the dishes this time. We clean the table, we put everything away. It's golden. Hey, would it be alright? <laughs> <laughs> yep. So the two of them come out of the bedroom and they're like, hey, uh, the star wants to be a Jedi. And shockingly, Luke Skywalker doubts her. He says, so a few months of exposure to a new way of thinking has completely contradicted everything else you knew since the time you were born. Luke tried hard not to sound sarcastic, but he thought he wasn't doing a good job. Mm -hmm. It's fair. Yeah. Cause like, cause you do just keep betraying all of us and I didn't just hug and kiss you in the bed all night so I'm not I'm not aware of that you know but it's a fair assessment but man she just killed her dad yesterday jeez I can you settle down yeah <laughs> she just murdered her dad the day before maybe you just give her a maybe give her a little bit of rope a pat on the head and say we'll we'll see but you know really she says I'm just asking for the chance to prove myself what more can anyone ask for? She doesn't want any promises or guarantees. She just wants to be allowed to try. Yeah. And how can you say no to a kid? He makes her open herself up in the force. Completely to him. Yeah. Which again, this all feels so violative. <laughs> yeah. Of Fistara. You know, Forcing open her diary. She just killed her dad, man. Yeah, I... It, it Force open feel... her diary. Force her to reveal her complete bare emotions to yourself through magic. Like, it's a little exploitative. Yes. Is the word. Got it? Yeah. Not violative. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, seriously, it's a little bit a little bit of grossness to all this stuff. But it's this is kind of a, another pretty moment mm -hmm. where she opens her up. <laughs> she opens her up and quote a small timid gleam of hope and a desire for and fear of joy is what Luke Skywalker feels in her a little gleam of hope and a uncertain puppy's relationship with joy yeah can I touch that leaf or not <laughs> and then you <laughs> jump back and bark at it or whatever, yeah right <laughs> scared of happiness because if you get too happy as a Sith, you're not watching your back and someone's going to kill your ass. Mm -hmm. She just wants a chance to try. And Christy Golden Criffin rocks, dude. Yeah. Lubed! Another well-written... She rocks so hard. She's so good. And then blows my mind when she writes this line. Where Luke Skywalker says he will undertake Vistara's training himself. Yes. Her master is her boyfriend's dad. <laughs> also, he's the grandmaster of the entire Jedi Order. But the two kids come out of the bedroom. Hey, dad, can we please? And he says, fine. I'll teach you myself. And I'm shocked. Yeah. Now, I should have seen that coming. Who better to not only tutor or teach a, a child but who better to keep a watchful eye over a sith yeah who's you know coming into the light the two greatest redeemers in the history of the galaxy luke and ben skywalker hey you know who luke skywalker saved his own dad and everyone else yeah literally <laughs> what would have happened if there was no jedi order when the yuzhan vong came what would have happened if there was no luke skywalker in leia when the imperial remnant was trying to reconsolidate their power what would have happened any of these times any time ever i get that's the conceit of the whole star wars mythology is that special people blood but he's he's they're the best saviors of everything yeah so i have full faith 
that they're going to nail it. And she's going to become an awesome Jedi. She's going to be Luke Skywalker's apprentice. So far, he's got a pretty good track record. Ben's cool. Yeah. Jason? Yeah. Was Jason his? Yeah. Uh, was he? Uh, I don't think so. No. Maybe. It's his nephew, though. Kind of blew that one. Mentor. Uh, director. Yeah, kind of just ignored everything he was doing. Kind of just blew it, though. Maybe he learned something. He was like, he's 30 years old. Let him live his life. Whoops. <laughs> but I have full faith that, uh, not to contradict myself, that he will handle his training. And I'm so interested to see that dynamic. Yeah. In bits and pieces over the next book and a half. It's happening, Tim. It ascending. Is. She's ascending, <laughs> Tim. It's happening. Let me cut to Ben and Vistara being affectionate. And Ben says they're dating. Yes, he does. Tim, I'm freaking out <laughs> like a teenager. Yes, he does. I'm freaking out. But I love it. I love this book right now. He tells her to, as advice to how to fit in with the Jedi, just let everyone see what I see. I'm dying. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Ben Skywalker is beautiful. Great. He's not a racist alien hater. No, he's not. He's not a... Karelian Prime Minister Assassin? Wait a minute. Ah, <laughs> oh, Zangief, right? <laughs> but it's going to be crazy times back at the temple. I love this book. And now we cut to Luke asking Jaina for advice about his growing teenager boy. And apparently, Jaina is a psychologist supreme. You know, like, like Dr. Jaina Strange. All right. Who am I to judge? Great psychology lesson for Luke Skywalker. Ready? Jaina says, Mom and Dad were pretty okay with the boys. Talking about Jaina starting to date. Mm -hmm. Dad was a bit overprotective of me, as you can imagine. I think, honestly, any problems they might have had with me and Jag and Zek stem from the fact that they weren't around to share a lot of our younger years. We seemed to grow up too fast for them. They weren't ready for me to be an adult, to be forced to think about me having a relationship. I think they realized how much they missed, and that's why now they're focusing on spending so much time with Amelia. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've been talking about this whole time. <laughs> yeah, Jaina. I mean, second chance to screw it up all over again, but together, Tim. Together. This time... No child left behind. <laughs> we bring them with us to every firefight yeah. and lunchtime, dinnertime assassination attempt that could possibly happen. She'll be in danger just as much as we are. Yeah, and that way we'll know when she's ready to date. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, what this is an excellent evaluation Yeah, by Jaina. And it, it's something that has needed to have been said about her their childhood. Jane and Jason were given to robot babysitters for like almost forever. And then to the Jedi temple once they were old enough. Right. Yeah. Their parents were never around. Their parents didn't watch them grow up. They didn't, I mean, in bits and pieces. Yeah. A week at a time over the course of 30 years. And so truly how well did they even know Jane and Jason? It's a good point to, you know, not see all that coming. But Jaina continues to set parent Luke straight. She says, yes, Vistara is good for Ben. Yes, they're in love. Remember Anakin and Tahiri? They were only 17 and 15. They were in love. You would say that's not real? No, you wouldn't. So don't say it about your own kid. <laughs> and Luke says, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should change. That's a direct quote. Yes. Yeah. Well, we're on book 17, and you've been wrong for 17 books straight. You had a terrible relationship with your son because you were wrong. You had a terrible relationship with your nephew because you were wrong. You lost your wife because you were wrong. You lost your nephew because you were wrong. Almost lost your son because you were wrong. You've been exiled from Coruscant for 20 years because you're wrong. And all along this little journey, you've been guessing wrong. Yeah. So, quote, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should change. 
is a pretty potent line from a 65-year-old grandmaster of the Jedi Order. Yeah. If he's going to start reevaluating the way he looks at the world, what does that mean for Vistara's training and their relationship with her and Ben? What does it mean for the Jedi Order? And Yeah. What does it mean? He's coming back. He's coming back to the temple. He's not exiled anymore. Dahl is gone. That's over. This is all legit. Maybe I'm wrong. Wow. <laughs> wow, he really said it. And it all feels sincere. Yeah, it does. Like, none of this feels forced at all. All of this... This has been three chapters since they attacked, the Sith attacked. This has been three chapters of just talking about our feelings. And it's awesome! Yeah, it doesn't... It It feels so natural. And so... There it is. Has the has the earned weight of the freight train of the previous eight books all behind it, like it has all the momentum of everything we've been building all along the way, that makes this all feel so sincere. Mm-hmm. Like it's being used correctly. Yeah. For example, in the first book, when Ben is laughing at aliens at an airport, that is not that does not feel true. No, it feels so dumb. But all of this, even this, you know, the deepness of all this emotional exchange, it's real, super real, real action, real change, real growth and sincerity for all of Luke, Ben, Vistara and Jaina, the best four chapters in a while of any book. Yeah. Yeah. Just solid segment. (laughs) Yeah. Four chapters straight that I was just sitting there reading. I'm not even, I I had to read parts over because I was just enjoying it. Right. You got to go back and take notes. Yeah. I love this book. From page one, it has felt like such a sweet breath of fresh air from the end of book seven. And I love, I love this book, but will I love it more? Find out next week when we cover chapters 21 through 24 of Fate of the Jedi, Book 8, Ascension. I'm Justin. And I'm Tim. Let the girl Jedi man dang! For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.